you're looking for a happy place, you have found it. This is Live Happy Now. I'm your host, J.R. Houston. Happy once again to have you here with us. It is so exciting. The number of people that have joined us in recent weeks, and we're glad that you are helping to grow the show. And we're also glad to have our partners along. Live Happy Magazine on stands now, wherever fine magazines are sold. And we also want you to check out the website of our partner, Life Reimagined. That website, Life Reimagined. Dot org Makes sense, right? They've got all kinds of resources there for you and processes to go through to help you reach your peak happiness. You know, they say, as you awaken to the power of happiness, so do your dreams. So what's next? Well, find out at lifereimagined.org. Got a very, very special guest and someone you may have heard from before. Our good friend Michelle McQuaid is joining the program. She will be talking with our COO and co-founder, editorial director, Deborah Heiss, coming up. Michelle, if you haven't heard of her before, is a best-selling author, a workplace well-being teacher, and a guest blogger for Live Happy Magazine. She holds a Master's in Applied Positive Psychology from UPenn, that's the University of Pennsylvania, and is currently completing her PhD in Appreciative Inquiry. Now, in this episode, she and Deborah will discuss how to discover your strengths and be happier at work, as well as the latest results from the VIA Institute's Strengths Challenge. Uh, Michelle, for those of you who don't know, is Australian, and we love her accent, and she's uh, she's on today from Melbourne, Australia, so um, she's very up very early in the morning, and we are very excited to talk to her about the Strengths Challenge. Um, you recently launched a Strengths Challenge with the VIA Institute to help people discover their strengths and practically apply them in everyday life. Um, my real question, is just to start off, is can you describe what what we mean when we talk about strengths from a positive psychology perspective. It's a great place to start. I love the definition that in its simplest form, a strength is something that you're good at, but also something that you enjoy doing. And I think that definition, as simple as it is, is very powerful because in my experience working with lots of people in organizations all over the world, we find ourselves in jobs that we're good at, but we don't really enjoy doing anymore. So in its simplest form, a strength needs to have both of those elements. Um, It can then take on a number of different shapes. Um, Our strengths can include our talents, those what we like to do in our jobs, the technical skills we have, like being great communicators or analyzers, for example. Um, They can include our character strengths, which tend to be more about the how we like to work and often aligned to the values that we hold, the way we believe it's important to show up in our jobs. But they can also include our interests and the resources that we have to draw upon. So... If someone doesn't know what their strengths are, how how can they go about discovering these? This is really important because we know from research that somewhere between about half of us really don't understand what our strengths are. And if you're listening to this, you can try now just to quickly think off the top of your head, what are your top five strengths? What are the things you're good at and actually enjoy doing? And while we're pretty articulate at all the weaknesses that we have and the things that need fixing about us, most of us find that when it comes to naming our strengths, it's not always that easy. And so one of my favorite favorite ways to help people do this is to give them a bit more of a vocabulary to be able to name what they look like at their best. One of the best tools for this I find is the free VIA VIA survey and you can take this at VIA character 
www.thepeopleshop.org. Takes you about 10 minutes. It's going to help you identify your character strengths, those things that align to the values that you hold. If you're curious, though, about your talents, there's also a great tool that you can use for that uh, called Gallup Strengths Finder. And if you go to the gallopstrengthcenter.com, uh, you'll be able to buy a code, cost about $10, and take their survey. That one takes about 20 minutes, but it's a great way to identify the talents, the what you like to do in your job. But find either of these, one of the biggest benefits of them is simply that it starts to give us a language to describe what we look at, look like at our best, and also to be able to spot that in others as well. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the VIA StrengthsFinder test because I know that um, all of the employees here at Live Happy, uh, at some point right after they join, it's mentioned to them and they and they take it. Um, for example, for me, my my number one strength is lo- love of learning, and number two is leadership. <laughs> so it certainly makes sense that uh, I work in a in in a profession where we get to learn all sorts of new things all the time, and it's, it's super exciting. But it's amazing how different we are, and how and how just knowing that about each other really impacts our ability to work with each other. It does. I think because, again, our brains are wide with that negativity bias, which means generally we're great at spotting the things we don't love about ourselves and that we don't love often about our colleagues. But we're not so great at being able to tune in to the things that we do appreciate and respect about them. And, of course, you know, underneath all our differences, at the end of the day, we all share that same deep psychological need to be respected, to be valued and to be appreciated. And I think strength spotting in ourselves and in other people is such a powerful way to be able to give that to each other. It doesn't take a lot of time, doesn't require any budget, just about tuning into the way we show up and interact with one another at work. So you recently launched a strengths challenge. Tell us about the challenge. So I've been fortunate enough over the last uh, decade to teach people in all sorts of roles, all sorts of organisations, including some entrepreneurs, how to start doing more of what they do best at work each day. By firstly discovering what their strengths are by using those surveys, but then trying to help them find ways to take those results and really make them part of the way they're working day in, day out, no matter what their job description says. And what I found is that while we always have the best intention of trying to use our strengths more, one of the things is simply having enough time to actually make this change happen. So the most effective way I've found to do this is to shrink the change down to make it excuse-proof and busy-proof, if you like, and to try and create a regular daily ritual around using our strengths. And so we've been able to do this, again, workplaces around the world by teaching people to create an 11-minute daily strength habit. Now, I often get asked, Deborah, why 11 minutes? <laughs> um, we use the 11 minutes partly for it to be excuse-proof. No matter how busy your day is, you can probably find 11 minutes somewhere in your day but also to try and work with the neurological habit loop that researchers have found exists in our brains. So our habits tend to have three steps to them. There's some kind of cue that triggers it off. So we get people to use the first 30 seconds in the strengths challenge to create a really good cue for themselves. So it might be anchoring it to a habit they already have, like arriving at work each day. Um, It could be embedding it in their environment so they almost 
fall into the habit becomes unavoidable. So when I was uh, practicing my curiosity habit at work, for example, I used to leave whatever I was reading across my keyboard the night before. So I had to pick it up in the morning and the easiest thing then to, was to read it for a little bit or to prime your brain with a when-then statement. So on the way to work, you might say, when I get to work, then I'll spend 10 minutes using my curiosity to read something new. So use the first 30 seconds to queue it up, make it super easy to get started, then just at least 10 minutes practicing your habit. So mine for curiosity was to learn something new each day. It would work for your love of learning as well, Deborah, to just read something, learn something new, and get in that state of flow and enjoy it. Um, we had people all over the world, more than 3,000 people, and they created habits for every one of the character strengths. Uh, we had people practicing a habit of honesty by taking 10 minutes a day to reflect on how honest did they feel they were being in their relationships and was there anything they felt they needed to be saying to people or to clear the air, for example. We had people practicing their strength of gratitude who were taking time to genuinely thank someone each day for how they'd made their day a little better or a little easier for them. We had people practicing their strength of kindness by doing something kind for themselves each day, like getting out at lunchtime and taking a walk for 10 minutes. So the habit part can be all sorts of different things. And on the Strengths Challenge site, we've got more than 70 different habits that you could create for any of those via character strengths. And then we use the last 30 seconds to make sure we reward ourselves. We know that neurological loop in our brain needs a reward that create that kind of memory, that dopamine charge, that this was a good thing to do so that next time the cue goes off, you'll want to activate the loop all over again. What came up in the challenge, there was a lot of rewards that involved coffee, we noticed. <laughs> so lots of people weren't getting their morning coffee until they'd performed their habit. Uh, there were quite a few that weren't going home until the end of the day, until their habit was done. Um, so all sorts of different rewards. You know, one of mine's often been I don't open my emails in the morning until the habit's been performed because I really want to open those emails every day. It's like an itch that's got to be scratched. <laughs> so um, by creating a cue, a routine and a reward, really shrinking it down so it was just 11 minutes a day, we had people all over the world coming into the challenge picking, figuring out which strength they wanted to focus on, how to create a little habit around it, and then tracking how they did. And this is what was the focus of the challenge. I just want to mention right now for our listeners that if, if, you're, if you want to participate in the Strengths Challenge, you still can um, go to strengths, Absolutely. strengthschallenge.com, and all the information is there for you. But I just want to make sure people know that they don't have to remember all, all of what you just said. They can also go there and find out, find out how to do this. Um, is there any did you, now I know you all collected some data um, while, while you know for the first uh, portion of the challenge. How many days was it? How many days of uh, a challenge? Did it run? Yeah, initially we just uh, ran it for a week while we were collecting the data. There's been research previously in the positive psychology literature that's looked at what happens if you use your strengths in a new way for one week. And we've seen that that can have a significant impact even up to six months later on people's levels of happiness and also on lowering their uh, levels of anxiety and depression. Uh, so we were kind of keen if we tweaked that intervention and how about we get you for one week to do the same 
same thing each day with one strength and see if we could build some habit around that and some ritual. So we had people take a um, some measures for us as they were coming in, so before they'd even set their habit. And then we had them take some measures immediately after the one-week period. And we're just uh, collating that data now. We will measure them again at three months and six months. Uh, we think one of the things that happens in that intervention where you use your strengths in a new way, one of the reasons we still see an impact up to six months later is that people enjoy it and so they stick with it. So we're kind of curious, even though we really just push people for a week initially to see how many people might stick with this approach along the way. But what we've already seen in this first data after just a week, um, we saw an improvement in people actually agreeing they could name their top five strengths. So that was great. They felt like they had a chance now to do what they were doing best each day. And a significant, more than 23% improvement in people saying they felt like now they could set a goal based on their strengths for the week. Um, we also saw a few more bosses getting in there and having meaningful conversations about people's strengths. So we know we had quite a few um, organisations around the world where bosses were doing it with their teams as a way to be a bit more strength-focused. Um, we saw a 9% improvement in people now agreeing that they did feel more engaged and energised in their work. And we also saw a 9% improvement in people moving closer to feeling that over the last three months at work, they would describe themselves as so it was kind of good for a week. They were very encouraging statistics. It'll be interesting to see what it looks like at three months and six months for these people as well. It certainly, it, it certainly will. And just that short-term improvement is, is, is something that I think is impressive and it would, make, would make most people want to take advantage of at least trying this, particularly for just a week. I do, I do have a question, though, related to strengths at work. Um, from an employee perspective or even from a hey, I've got a job that doesn't really leverage what I'm, what I'm good at or what I feel like my strengths are, because I'm, I'm certain that some people discovered that their jobs are unrelated to their strengths when it really comes down to it. What advice would you give uh, to those people for how to employ their strengths if, necess- if they aren't necessarily in jobs that are well-suited for them? Yeah, look, I think this is very common and it's something I encounter a lot with people I coach. Um, and it's something I had, you know, a very first-hand experience of. To be honest, one of the reasons I, cho- I changed to using my strengths more at work and trying to figure this out was I found myself in exactly that situation. I was stuck in a role that I really wasn't enjoying, but I couldn't afford to quit. I needed the money to support my family and jobs at my levels weren't that easy to find. So it kind of became ongoing downward spiral of dreading going to work each day and dragging myself in or trying to find a small change I could use to make it better because job role wasn't going to change, my boss wasn't changing, what I had to deliver wasn't changing. And so when I first started playing with this idea of, okay, well, could I just for 11 minutes a day have a moment in my day where I did what I felt like I did best? Even if for the rest of the day it sucked, (laughs) could I just for 11 minutes at the top of the day spend a little bit of time doing what I do best and so I realized one of the reasons I really wasn't enjoying the job once I took the VF survey was that my top strength of curiosity wasn't being used anymore I'd reached a point of technical competence in my role I wasn't really learning new things and because curiosity is one of my top strengths a great day for me is when I learn something new so I decided that I'd try and create this little morning habit around using my curiosity strength but that I'd particularly direct it 
around how could I learn how to bring out the best in myself and my team. Um, like lots of people, I had been promoted to manager with no management experience whatsoever. So while I was great at the technical part of my job, I probably wasn't great at the people management part. So when I got to work each morning, I used to leave whatever I was reading across my keyboard. It was normally a positive psychology book in those days. And I'd practice my routine. I'd spend 10 minutes just reading something new. And for my reward, I'd note down kind of what I'd learned and I'd think about how could I apply this for my team. And after about a week, I did start to notice that I wasn't dragging my feet quite so slowly into work. I was kind of looking forward to getting there and having this time to learn something new. Um, I also noticed that it seemed to be putting me in a bit of a better mood, which didn't quite feel so heavy and hard. Um, and on a Friday night, I started emailing my boss the three things I'd learnt that week. So he wasn't asking for it. <laughs> I was just trying to seed ideas about how we might all work more to our strengths or do things that we enjoyed more in our jobs. And again, I hadn't really thought too much about that other than I wanted to share what I was learning and who knew what would happen with it. Anyway, about nine months later, he called me into his office and he said, you know, we were having my performance review. He said, these emails you keep sending me on a Friday. Friday. I was like, yes. <laughs> he said, well, I've been forwarding them on to people kind of inside and outside the company. I was like, oh my God, I would have spell checked them more if I'd known that. <laughs> um, but he said, I keep getting these emails back from people who are trying these ideas and they're writing to me about it. And he said, there's clearly an interest in this and you're clearly passionate about it. Would you like to be doing more of this right across our business and helping other teams? Um, and for me, it was such an important lesson that when we get to use our strengths, even in jobs that we're not enjoying, we give other people around us the chance to see the potential that really exists within us. So not only had I found that it got me through a difficult period at work, but it was actually instrumental in opening up a job that was much more aligned to the strengths and the passions and the interests that I had, um, and then led me into doing this kind of work all over the world. So it's amazing how what a difference 11 minutes a day can actually make when you are feeling stuck and unhappy in your job. Well, I think one of the fascinating things to me that you're talking about is your whole job didn't have to revolve around your strengths. It was really just 11 exactly. minutes a day. Um, so it really was. You know, it's it's really so. It's not really the more you do, the happier you are. It's just doing them. It's not like a volume thing. I mean, it doesn't I'm, have to be. The more you can be developing your strengths, sort of through the rhythm of your day, the better. But even small moments of strength, we find, do have big impacts. So go with a little, go with 11 minutes as a starting place rather than no minutes at all. And 11 minutes, you don't need your boss's permission for that. It doesn't have to undermine the rest of the, you know, technical parts of what you have to do. Um, but it is amazing what a difference that makes to your mood, to the way your brain is performing. We know, of course, from uh, Professor Barbara Fredrickson's work on positive emotions that when we're using Using our strengths, we tend to be more in that broadened state of mind. Um, to the relationships, particularly if you focus your strength use on improving your relationships with others. So many of those evidence-based benefits we see coming out of the positive psychology research can be improved with just this 11 minutes a day of doing a little bit more of what you do best. Well, I'm really excited about uh, getting the data back after three months and about six months. I'm, I'm excited to have you back on to talk about whether or not the one-week experiment made lasting change for, for people. I certainly hope it did. Um, 
Thank you so much for your time today. I want to encourage everyone once again to go to strengthschallenge.com. Check it out. There's a bunch of free resources there for you, and uh, there's links to the VIA Institute, uh, Discover Your Strengths. Um, I think you'll find it really valuable. I know that I did. And Michelle, thank you so much for coming on today. We've enjoyed having you on Live Happy Now. David, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to be with you. It's always good to hear from our friend, Michelle McQuay. If you want to learn more, you want to discover what your strengths are, you can go to our website, livehappy.com slash strengthschallenge. That is strengths challenge to take the free via institute strengths challenge we certainly encourage you to do so and we encourage you to chime in let us know what you learned what you would like to hear from us you can find us on social media it's very easy at live happy on twitter facebook.com slash live happy or you can find us on instagram at my live happy or you can just send us an old-fashioned email we would say that email's old-fashioned. Podcast at livehappy.com. We want to hear from you, and we certainly want you to share the positive things you are learning from this podcast with us and the rest of your friends. That's going to do it for this edition of Live Happy Now. For Deborah Heiss and Michelle McQuaid, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long, and remember to always live happy.